Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Welcome back, everyone, to the Young Entrepreneur's Rebellion. First time using that name in the intro, and I am loving it already. This episode is going to be a little bit different than our traditional episodes. I'm here back again with Terry. If everyone remembers, last week, a couple of interviews ago, me and Terry sat down with Jacob and discussed their company, Teen Financial Freedom. Today, we had so much fun with that interview. Today, we are sitting down to do more of a co-hosted session. We're discussing fear today. We're covering three major topics, fear of failure, fear of starting, and imposter syndrome. It's going to be a really awesome episode, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Terry, ready for this first co-hosted episode? Oh, yeah, sure am. (laughs) I'm psyched, man. I'm psyched. So, obviously, the topic of today's episode is fear of failure, and that's just something that Honestly, I think a lot of people struggle with fear of failure. I don't know about you. I know I did. Just fear in general, not fear of failure specifically, but getting started, imposter syndrome, failure, all of that. I think everyone has that fear. So I think this is a really awesome episode to get us started with these new co-hosted stuff. So I want to start by talking about, obviously, that fear of getting started. Mm -hmm. Because getting started is the hardest part of any journey. So that's really where I want to start. Terry, I think we'll start with you. I want to hear your opinion, your thoughts on fear of getting started, what it was like for you starting Teen Financial Freedom in your podcast, and just all the uncertainty that comes with that. Before I start on this, I'm throwing it out there that um, I can relate with all of these fears will be specific fears we'll be talking about. Um, Very, I can relate with them uh, very directly in my own life as it popped up many, many times. And they've each had failures and successes. Um, but specifically with the fear of starting or starting things, whether it's a business or podcast or you know just anything, any project you're starting, um, there has been failures and there have been successes for me personally. The first failure that sticks out in my mind was when I was living in a little little town called Wilmore, where I'm currently at now, in a different house though. And I think I was, I want to say I was like 14, 13 or 14. Yeah. And it was around the time I had started my blog, but some sometime before starting my blog, I had been looking to starting just any kind of business. I was trying to find a business to start. And mm-hmm. one that came to mind was a dog walking business. And so I downloaded like a or I made a business plan on a Google Google Doc and I wrote out this, you know, big long business plan and I had everything laid out, my expenses and I kinda like pitched it to my parents and I went through like all those steps, but I never started. Right. And I honestly don't really remember exactly why I didn't start. But I guess it was just a fear of failure in a sense. I didn't want to go out there. And it was a fear of fear of failure, but also like a fear of just getting started. Yeah. It was a fear of going out there and talking to people and, you know, um, you know, marketing and putting myself out there with the chance of failing, right? And I let that kind of seep into my head and then I just never got started. And so I still don't know what would have happened if I had started that, um, whether it would have been successful or not. But I think one of the big things, one of the big lessons I had to learn with entrepreneurship specifically and the fear of starting was that you should start regardless if you're going to fail or not, because what you will learn along the way will pay more than enough for any failure that, that could happen. So essentially, as an entrepreneur and even you know a regular person in life going about normal projects, seek to learn from the failures. Because if, if you're approaching it as like an educational process, it kind of takes some of the fear away. So you aren't being, you aren't like expecting 
essentially you aren't going out there with like I the mindset like I need to succeed or else I'm right. a complete failure in life. Um, right. You have the opportunity to learn from a failure, which doesn't really make it that much of a failure anymore because you learned from it. I'm still kind of working all the the verbalization. Man, no, um, no, I I get it because I, I there's this there's this quote that sticks in my head when I th- whenever I think of if you're a failure if you're starting entrepreneurs don't fail they learn. Mm-hmm. It's this it's this idea like with every failure you're not actually failing like yeah. if you fail to start well guess what you've learned what's going to roadblock you when you go to start so when you have another idea you can remember back to that hey this is what roadblocked me last time i was afraid to go out there and put myself out there mm-hmm. so now i'm going to force myself to put myself out there and for example in silicon valley there's this idea right that a person an entrepreneur who's failed 3 times is more appealing to investors than an entrepreneur who succeeded once mm-hmm. because a person who's th- failed three times they have so much experience behind them that means that they've been a founder or an early member of three separate startups they've been in multiple industries multiple companies mm-hmm. and they know all the reasons that a company can fail compared to a one-hit wonder who mm-hmm. pulled it off the first time and doesn't have any of that failure experience yep. don't be afraid to start it's that same idea as Silicon Valley, right? Just because you start and fail, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. You failed at something, you are not a failure. You still learn from what you're doing. One of the ways that I have kind of approached keeping my, actually getting started on things, right? Is actually having people who hold me accountable. Like when I go to start something new, be that like my podcast, be that new content forms, anything, posting on Instagram is a good example. I go to people and I'm like, I want to do this thing. I want you to make sure that I actually end up doing it. (laughs) You know, like I have people who are going to come back to me and be like, Hey, Chase, why didn't you start your podcast? Why aren't you posting on Instagram? Why haven't you started this new form of content on your podcast? I have those people who are going to come back and bug me about it and make it so that like, Every time I hear that from them, I'm like, you know, facepalm myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. I need to start on that. Either because I was afraid to start or I forgot to start in the first place. Those people are going to hold me accountable and make sure that I actually go and start doing the things that I committed myself to originally. Yep, that's exactly right. And I think one last thing I'll throw out there about the um, fear of starting that comes to mind is that if you're a perfectionist like me, I find myself tending to look at starting something with the kind of expectation of myself that it needs to be like a perfect just like it needs to be perfect it needs to be like a million dollar business from launch to to end it needs to like go everything needs to go smoothly i, I can't make any mistakes because then the, the mistakes the are defining me right and um that that will just completely paralyze you i'm talking to myself here but also to those of you who can relate don't don't start with that mindset just start with the with the goal to get started right and and just realize it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. You know, you can learn from those. And it'll actually make you more successful if you do learn from those failures. Especially here in the US, we're really stigmatized against mistakes and failures. But I would say they're pretty underrated. If you can the the sooner you learn to master those and to learn from them, the more successful you will be. One hundred percent. I agree. Another thing that I really think stops people from starting is just that unending hesitation, right? It's obviously connected to fear of failure. It's like you go to start something. And then you have something else that you're like, oh, no, 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 this is more important. Like, I could get, you know, start walking the neighborhood, offering to walk people's dogs, but also I need to take care of my laundry. There's a school assignment I need to get done. 
There, there's a thousand other things that you could do instead of actually starting. One strategy that I found really helpful for me to overcome that fear of starting on top of like having accountability partners is I actually like to write a checklist every day. Not a checklist, but goal list, checklist, whatever you want to call it. And I sit down and every day I write out what I want to do that day. And if I'm trying to start something new, I'm going to put that on there. Like start reaching out to people. And if I don't do it that day, then it carries over to the next day. And it says, start reaching out to people. And if I go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I get to the next Monday and I still see, start reaching out to people on my, that exact same che checklist, exactly where it was a week beforehand, then it really starts to eat at me. I'm like, man, I need to start reaching out to people. you know. And then if it stays there for another two, three, four days, another week, I'm like, oh my God, I either, either need to start reaching out to people or I need to decide if this is something that's moving the line for me. You know, I need to decide if this is producing results, if this is something that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of two things. It's one, you're either, you really want to do it and you're just afraid to start mm -hmm. and you just need to dive in and start or it's something that you're not actually passionate about. Yep, Which that's I huge. Think, yeah, I think that is massive. There are a lot of things in life that part of the reason you're not starting is because you're not passionate about it. You lack that fire that burns within you that drives yeah. you forward and forward. What are your thoughts, Terry, on passion? I mean, that's huge because, I mean, it's particularly accurate to right now. I have stuff on my to-do list that has been sitting there for a while that needs to either get done or get thrown away. One thing you could also think about, especially from for me myself, is if there's something on your to-do list or a task list or a project that has been sitting there for a while, either... Either you need to figure out a way for yourself to get it done, to motivate yourself to get it done, or you could also consider delegating it. There's someone out there, right. especially this is a key for if it's related to business and it's a recurring task that you just hate doing, you'll be far more successful finding someone to partner with and delegate that to than trying to suffer through, just be miserable the whole time trying to get it done or just ignore it and then your business will be suffering itself because that key aspect of it is not getting finished. Let's, let's take an example. Say if you're a blogger and social media was a key piece of your business model, but you hated posting on social media, you hated being on social media, you just hated, it's not that you hated the people on social media, you just didn't like the platform, you just didn't like anything about it. Instead of completely ignoring it or just wasting your entire willpower for the day on this one task of posting social media, you can... Right reach out there and um, ask for someone to partner with you or just hire for a couple bucks on Fiverr, uh, someone who will regularly post and schedule your social media things and interact with people on there. So there's always solutions, but you could also consider that's for specifically if a task is important enough to delegate. There, like Chase was saying though, there are some tasks out there that seemed like a good idea at, at the time, but with a little bit of uh, hindsight, you're like, eh, this doesn't have enough value for me personally. I don't have enough passion yeah. for it for it to be worth it. So I'll just toss it. So don't be afraid to toss things out the window if uh, they don't seem to apply as much as they did. Uh, no, I 100% agree. It's it's kind of like, and, and I know listeners, I don't know if you haven't read this book, but there's this book called The One Thing. Um, mm -hmm. You'll hear about it all the time on business podcasts because it's this book in the core tenet. I mean, it says it right in the title. The one thing. It's this idea that if you focus on a single thing, you will go miles and miles ahead of your competition if you're focusing on a single thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you have a business, right, and you have a thousand different ways that you could market to your customers, focusing on one marketing channel is going to work a thousand times better than any other marketing channel. 
than if you're doing five, right? Like if you mm -hmm. focus on direct outreach marketing, going one by one to your customers, you're going to see results from that. You're going to see massive results from that because it's the only thing you're doing. You're invested in it. It has to work mm -hmm. because if it doesn't, then I mean, your marketing has failed as compared to if you're doing direct customer outreach, social media marketing, TV ads, you know, all of this, right? Ads mm -hmm. and podcasts. If you're doing four different marketing channels and you're trying to simultaneously juggle all of these marketing channels, especially if you're a solopreneur mm -hmm. and you're trying to juggle four marketing channels at once on top of running your actual business, on top of creating a product, on top of meeting with clients, meeting with other businesses to do collabs with. If you're trying to juggle all of that at once, you're going to get overwhelmed and then nothing works when you are trying to do too much. And I, I think everyone learns this the hard way at some point, but I'll try, I'll try and warn you anyway, when you try to do too much at once, nothing gets done, nothing gets done. So I think that we, we covered kind of both fear of failure and fear of starting here, but Terry, do you have any more thoughts on just fear of failure? Cause we, we covered fear of starting pretty well there, fear of failure. What are your thoughts? I know we kind of talked about it already. How can people overcome that fear? I guess is kind of where, where I think we should go with this. The first example that um, pops up in my head of fear, fear of failure, funnily enough, has to do with accountability. So right. I was at college and I was um, with, a, with a group of guys down in the basement. We were just chatting about this book one guy had been reading. And um, he kind of who was it? The group leader or something just offered a challenge or of some sort yeah. or like asked, you know, what, what's one thing you're struggling with right now? And I'm trying to remember all the details. I don't remember exactly all of them, but basically I just blurted out. I was like, you know what guys, to be honest, I'm really afraid of like talking to girls, you know, girls just frighten <laughs> the heck out of me. I, I can't do it. Like if I'm yeah, on campus yeah. and I see a girl, I'm just like, I'm not going to talk to her, make eye contact. I'll just like, walk you, you turn around, walk the other way. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, you guys hold me accountable. I'm going to talk to at least one random girl I don't know, or just like just one, I'm just going to talk to just one, you know, this week. Right. And um, yeah, just like one. And uh, I'm just going to make conversation with one. And uh, one guy next to me was like, hey, man, that's that's actually admired that you put that out there. He's a sophomore, so I was a freshman. He's like, I know some people if you want me to help you. I was like, sure. And uh, so anyways, I've been talking with him a little. And after that meeting, I went, I was walking to the cafeteria. And I grabbed some food and I was walking back to my dorm. And all the way back to the dorm, I saw one girl that I did know by face and maybe name, but her first name was It. That was It. And then, but she was also with two friends. Mm -hmm. And so at the time, I'd also been working on a project, which is a course for the Teen Financial Freedom blog. And I needed to interview people my age to see what kind of content I should be creating for that course. Poor and guy. so I, I thought to myself, hey, as I'm walking by, I think she might even said hi, like, you know, raised her hand, said hi or something. Oh, and and at that moment, at that moment, I knew, ah, I have to, I have to fulfill my task. I have to fulfill my promise. I got guys, keep me accountable to this. Here's an opportunity. And so I forced myself to stop and make conversation with them and to ask me a few questions if they would help me course project I was working on, blah, blah. So I interviewed them a little, but I was walking away from that thinking like, wow. I did basically what was considered the impossible like three hours before. I would have never thought yeah. of doing that just a few hours before. And um, here I am. I've done it. And uh, now I yes, can like sir. proudly say next week, like, you guys, guess what? I did it. Now it was only one, but three. And um, it was three girls. Right. At the same time. It's like, <laughs> what? And it was, it was yeah. just, I was that really surprising. That stuck with me. Like it was a fear of, I guess, failure just in general. I did not want to reach out and fail. Um, yeah. I didn't want to talk to, to a girl. 
Um, but then after having someone keep me accountable and just kind of openly sharing that, then I was motivated to take the opportunity when I saw it. You know what? It's terrifying. Women travel in packs. It's so scary. It is. I love that story, Terry. I love it. No, hundred percent. I think that, like, when when like in a situation like that, okay, the best way to overcome your fear of failure is to look at the worst possible outcome, yes. right? That's like, what's huge. the worst thing that could have happened? You walk up to those girls, you say, and they one girl says hi to you. You're like, hey, I want to. I'm doing this financial freedom thing, and they're like, oh, we're not that interested. Mm. Or, I mean. Worst case scenario, they are just the worst, and they're like, "You Guess suck." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, like oh, flip, okay. flip you off. They walk mm -hmm. away. Like, right. that's the worst that could happen. And what? You're embarrassed for a couple of minutes. I mean, that's you're not dead. Right. I mean, that's how I look at that's how I look at everything in reference. Your bones yeah. aren't broken. You're not dead. You're still walking. Mm -hmm. You're embarrassed for a couple of minutes. And I think that that's how people have to look at their business or their idea, even if it's not a business yet. If you have this idea, you're like, "Hey." I want to start selling clothing through Instagram, mm -hmm. right? You want to start an Instagram clothes reselling business. Okay, let's think about this for a second. What's the worst that could happen? I go out and I buy all these clothes that I'm going to resell. Mm -hmm. I set up a business account on Instagram. I tell all my friends, right? Oh, no. Now everybody knows. This is, this is not cool. Now everybody knows that I'm trying to do this. Worst thing that happens? Clothes don't sell. Yep. Your friends look at it once and they're like, oh, okay. Maybe they come back to you every couple of days. They're like, hey, how's the clothes reselling going? And you're like, Not you great. know, it's, yeah. it's going. It's going. But, I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen. You blow 100 bucks on an idea and you learn. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, exactly. it's like everything. You blow 100 bucks and you learn. And it gets better after that. Mm -hmm. After the first time, you're like, okay, those clothes didn't appeal to people. I didn't put them in front of enough, enough people. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. I buy clothes that are that I think are better looking. I get more people's opinions. I take friends with me and ask them, "Hey, do you think this looks good?" Mm -hmm. And then when I put them out on it, when I put my post on Instagram, I go around the school and say, "Hey, I posted on Instagram." Oh no, now more people know. Mm -hmm. Guess what? When you're trying to resell stuff, it's better when more people know. Mm -hmm. That's that's true of a lot of businesses. Any business that's selling something, it's better if more people know because then you have more potential customers. Yep. And who knows? You're walking through the hallway and you're telling people and maybe one of those person sees a purse that you bought and they're like, I want that. Yep. There you go. Yep. 10 bucks. One thing I also um, just came to mind about the fear of failure. This is instead a, a fail, a failure on my end. And that yeah. was when I was starting my first blog at age 13, I think it was, and I called it invest13.com. And I had like all these really big ideas for the blog. Um, it was essentially going to be teen, manage, teen financial freedom. But, right. you know, that was way before it had ever started or mm -hmm. before I'd ever met Jacob. But I was 13 and I was starting this uh, this blog and I wrote like a few posts. I was feeling super motivated in the beginning. I had the the skeleton of a web web design up and everything. But I refused to sell to tell like a single person. I didn't even talk to about to, to my siblings until it was going to be absolutely perfect. Like it was going to have a top notch web design. It was going to have a bunch of articles out there that were like um, grammar perfect and like no mistake them uh, right. the, the images and everything had to be perfect like there's just so much perfection that had to happen because i wanted someone to be able to look at that and be like wow it's perfect there's nothing you could fix yeah. that was kind of the end goal but the issue with that is that there you know that's like kind of an unachievable end goal and so what ended up happening was because i was keeping it to myself um, because i was trying to do this all on my own i eventually lost motivation and then with as time went on and it hadn't 
grown and I hadn't posted more frequently on it and I hadn't uh, reached out to more people and kind of started getting the word out there and created an actual blog, I started getting more and more embarrassed about what it looked like to be a failure. Sure, it's a failure, but I learned a ton from it. But it's just an example right. of what can happen if you let the fear of failure and the desire for perfection kind of overtake you um, because then it'll just, it'll go nowhere. It'll just sit there. Um, right. And you know, who knows what could, could have been. Um, but I, I like to think that, um, I was able to redeem myself with uh, teen, teen financial freedom a little bit. But anyways, right. that's just that's just a quick example of you know what happens if you don't overcome that fear of failure. Yeah, Fails. No, okay. So I, I the final thing that I think I'll say on, on fear is mm -hmm. that or our fear of failure is that if you actually put if you actually like pay in for something, right? Like if I spend like like the clothing example that I gave, mm -hmm. if I spend 50 bucks on that, I'm automatically more invested in it than if I'd done it completely for free because I now have tangible assets that I have lost that I need to gain back from this business. I've actually invested into it, right? Yep. Terry, if you had told people, you might have been more motivated to actually post out there because there's maybe there's people reading your posts, yep. you know? And your friend comes up to you the next day, he's like, hey, where's, where's the next post? Mm -hmm. And you're like, mm, I didn't do it, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. You're automatically more invested when you actually put monetary value into your adventures. Mm -hmm. And if you tell people about your ventures, you are automatically more invested than you ever would have been if you did it in the dark and you did it with no money. Right. Because when you do it in the dark and when you do it with no money, there's nothing attached to it. There's no yeah, there's emotional value. There's no monetary value. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I'll say on fear of failure. So when you're starting a business, don't be afraid to put in money. Putting in money doesn't mean that you're messing up. It means that you're investing. You're going to get that money back someday. Think about it like that. Mm -hmm. You Now that you put in 100 bucks, you got to make 200 bucks because if mm -hmm. you didn't, then it wasn't worth your time. Just mm -hmm. kidding. You'll have learned. Mm -hmm. And it, even, even if you don't make your money back, you've still learned. Invest in your business. Don't be afraid to spend money because it attaches value and you will automatically care more about that business than ever before. I think the last thing that we have to talk about here on this podcast today, Terry, is imposter syndrome mm -hmm. i this is a big thing for a lot of people is you don't feel like you belong you've started you've gotten started you've overcome your fear of failure overcome your fear of starting you're blogging you're podcasting your clothes reselling you are i don't know uh, affiliate marketing but here you are and you're not immediately seeing results and you're not immediately making money and you don't immediately have a massive audience and you're like, oh God, I'm not the real thing. I don't deserve to be here. You know, you are looking at your blog and then you're looking at, I don't know, a soccer blog that gets 500K traffic per, per month. And you're saying, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. Clearly I have failed. Clearly I am not a blogger. I'm not a successful blogger. What am I doing here? That gets a lot of people. It gets yep. me sometimes. Oh yeah, like, it gets me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it like I will be podcasting and I'll be sitting here talking to guests. I'm gonna go listen to a podcast recording from Joe Rogan and mm -hmm. I'll be like, Oh my god, he's so far above me. How can mm -hmm. I ever be on that level? And then I'm like, he's been doing this for fifteen years. Here's my big say on imposter syndrome, okay? When you're starting something, you should not have imposter syndrome. You will, but you need to get rid of it because 
one of the biggest things that people do, one of the biggest mistakes they make is you're starting your pod, you're starting your blog and you look at, I'll give, a, I'll give an example from me. I start my podcast, right? And I look at Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. who has a hundred million listeners a month. It's crazy. And I'm like, oh my God. I'll never be on this guy's level. I'll look at Tom, I'll look at even, you know, and obviously he's insanely large, but I'll look at like Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, mm -hmm. you know, 5 million downloads a month, 100,000 downloads a month. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm an imposter. Mm -hmm. But you cannot, you cannot ever compare yourself to people like that because you are on your level one. You're on your level two. You've literally just started. You're still, you don't even know what the business is yet. You don't know any of the layman's terms. You don't have the network set up. You don't have the experience in the business. These people have do, been doing it for five, 10, 15 years. You cannot compare your level one to someone's level 20. Yep. Because you're never going to compare ever. What are your, what, what are your thoughts, Terry? Yeah. And, um, first off, everything you said there, I, I can completely relate to. And I think it's uh, right on point. Um, but just, um, it's in, I was thinking to myself, in the previous episode we did together, um, right. I mentioned briefly something about what Gary Vee said about loving the journey, loving the process. Why am I not like a millionaire yet, right? Right. Um, it, it was a thought I had been having to myself uh, like a week before recording that episode. But I think it related a lot to imposter syndrome, kind of what I was feeling and still do feel at times even today um, was imposter syndrome of like, I've been reading these business books, I've been doing these, um, I've been studying under these investors and these mentors. And I've been learning all this business stuff since I was like 12 or 13, you know, it's been like five years, you know, why am I not a millionaire yet? Um, and essentially I think what I'm doing is I'm comparing, you know, my level one, five, six, whatever it is to someone else's, um, to someone else who's much further down the road, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, but also, and maybe I'm not the best person to speak on imposter syndrome, uh, just solely because I'm still working through it all myself. Yeah. Um, but, but what I was thinking to myself was, you know, I might not have a lot of money to my name. I might not have like a giant business or two or three that I'm running. Um, right. I might not be a giant success in those areas, but boy, have I learned a lot. I have learned a bunch. And if a, mm -hmm. if a 13 year old came to me and said, Terry, I want to start a business. I want to start a blog or I want to start investing. Um, I would have so much to share with them. Like I would be right. able to tell them, avoid this, avoid this and avoid this. These were three or four things that completely, um, you know, that there were like huge causes for my failure when I was in your spot. Um, and mm -hmm. do the, do this thing and this thing, and these two things will help you succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Um, and so I was starting to look at it and I was like, you know, what? I might not have a lot in like tangible monetary things right now, but I have learned a bunch and that is progress. Um, and if I keep, if I keep along that, that, that journey, that process of learning, um, and do the things that the successful people have done. If you look at what Joe Rogan and Tom, B, uh, Bill, 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 you, sorry, butchered his name. Sorry, Tom. Um, but if you look at what Tom and Joe Rogan did, um, and you aim to do those similar things for your own podcast, I'm sure you'll find, uh, find success. It might not come immediately. Um, that's another key thing you can do is. Um, even though you're looking at successful people, don't compare yourself to them. Um, but instead look at what they did when they were in your shoes, kind of look at what they started out with. What are the principles they're all applying? And then you can apply those to your own, uh, apply those principles to yourself. And, um, you know, in theory, if they're the, if they're the same principles, then, then you'll, you'll be successful as well, but it's, it's right. all a journey. It's all going to take time. Nothing's going to be instantaneous. Um, 
even the people who look like overnight successes have been building for years in the background. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of exploded that in nowhere. Um, that is but anyways, so, so that's just true. kind of some stuff that's been swirling around in my mind over these past few weeks as I've been working through my own feelings of like, ah, you know, am I really an entrepreneur if I don't have this giant successful business? And I would just say, yeah, um, yeah, I am. If that's still my that's that's still my end goal. I'm still working through the whole thing. If someone came to me and said, Terry, are you an entrepreneur if you don't have these giant successful businesses? I could point to um, all the lessons I've learned, all the, all my failures and be like, um, here's what I've learned so far. Uh, and here's what I'm doing to improve. Here's what I'm doing to avoid those mistakes in the future. And here's what I'm working on right now. Um, right. I don't know. That's just some stuff that's coming to mind. 100%, man. And like, you got to think. We'll, get, we, we'll, we'll continue with this example of Tom Billy and Joe Rogan. Tom Billiou, before he started his podcast, he founded and grew a company to $1 billion and sold it. He made a billion-dollar company. Joe Rogan, before he started his podcast, 1994, he signed a deal with Disney, and he was an actor for three years. And then he became a UFC fighting commentator. He had Tom had years of business experience. Joe had years of commentating and interviewing experience. They both were on level 20 when they started. Mm-hmm. You're on your level one. Like, most people don't find success until they're a lot older. Like, that's the truth of it. Yep. That is the truth of life. Is You see on you, – and you'll be like, no, Chase, Terry, I see it on Instagram all the time. The 21-year-old, the 22-year-old, the 25-year-old who, who blew up. Guess what? I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that they had someone mentoring them. They had someone yeah. guiding them down the line. Or they were lucky. They're a one-hit wonder. They are really lucky. And don't get me wrong. They learned a lot. They did really good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're the 1%. They're mm-hmm. the 1% of business people that blew up overnight. Man, even they didn't blow up overnight. Mm-hmm. They still probably – good example. Guy that I interviewed a couple years ago started coding when he was 14. He's now 20, 23, and he's like – he can build successful websites. And you're like, he's 22. He's super successful. And you're like, mm-hmm. no. He started – eight years ago he just started sooner than you Mm -hmm. that's all there is to it is every single successful person you see has invested so so much time into what they're doing and it all goes back to don't don't compare your level two to their level 20 yeah and i i think that's a good place to end this terry unless you have any more thoughts no nothing uh besides all that comes to mind um yeah all right i think i'm good no this is this has been an awesome podcast recording to the listener i hope this had some value Terry, what do you want to say? I don't know. I would say to those of you who are listening and kind of have this idea in the back of your head, like an idea of a project or a business that you've been thinking about starting, um, break it down to one or two simple goals that you can do and go out and do it. Just do it. And for those of you who have already started and yet are feeling this imposter syndrome, feeling like you're failing, feeling like you're losing motivation, um, reach out to a business person, um, reach out to someone who's in a spot where you want to be, just reach out to a mentor of any kind, reach out to them and just have a 30 minute talk with them. Um, over the weekend, personally, uh, just like a couple days ago, over the weekend, when I was struggling a lot in one personal area um, of life, um, I told myself, hey, I need to reach out to someone who's successful in this area. And so I did. I texted a business mentor of mine, reached out to him, and uh, we had a great talk and he gave me a few actionable steps I can take this week to start improving that. And that's been huge. Right. So for those of you who haven't started, break it down and start. And for those of you who have started and are feeling really stuck, then reach out to someone who is in that level 20 and ask them for their advice, for their insight. That would be my two, one or two uh, takeaway tip. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. 
We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 